Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is, and here we are. We are glad to be back with you again on this episode. Uh, We want to thank you again off the top for taking a few moments to listen to our podcast wherever you're at, whenever you can. Um, We try to keep the podcast uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes just to make it easy to listen to. Uh, We could go, I could definitely go a lot longer, I think. Really, I have a propensity Shocking. to I have a propensity to talk a lot sometimes. So, um, so yeah, we we try to keep it kind of short. That way, you can uh, kind of bounce from one episode to the next. Um, Want to give a good praise to the Lord this month. The podcast is doing. Uh, we're having our best month this month. Uh, previous month before we've doubled the amount of listens this month that we had last month as compared to last month. So it's actually going very well. Uh, We want to thank everybody who's listening. Please continue to share with your friends. Um, Let others know about the podcast, The Abnormal Christian. You can uh, email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com if you have something you want to say, a comment, or a topic you would like us to discuss. Hopefully we're going to, you know, with the Bible, there's so many different things you can discuss and so many different topics that you can actually have. Um, So hopefully we won't run out of things to talk about. That's one of our concerns is, oh no, what are we going to talk about? So today, this episode is going to be a really kind of a specific episode, um, and it's going to be titled, How to Witness to the Lost. Um, And we wanted to come to this episode uh, just off of something that occurred last week, and my brother had made a comment. He said, hey, why don't you do an episode uh, maybe telling people how to witness to lost people? So off the top of the episode, I think we've talked about it uh, in a previous way back when last year, um, we gave a couple of different tips and ideas about witnessing to people, but this time I'm going to go a little more into detail Um, and, and we really want people to understand why we do that. So, um, off top of my head, if I had to say, what is a, I'll ask you a couple questions. If you know, I'm scared. I'm scared y'all. So what is a, um, what's a witness? What does that mean? To be a witness? Yes. Someone who sees something? Someone who sees something. And if you see something, you give, uh, say you go to court, right? You had to give an account of what you saw to the best of your recollection. And that would be called your witness statement, right? Or, uh, you know, somebody stand up and testify, testimony. right? Your testimony. So it's going to be basically the, what you've seen, what you've heard. Um, so I want to kind of look back at the scripture real quick, just so we can see, um, uh, what the scripture says, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there's four gospels in the new Testament. Uh, according to the Old Testament law, if you were to bring someone to court and you were to accuse them of something, breaking the law or, or committing a crime, you had to have two witnesses. Um, if you had one witness, they wouldn't even listen to it. You had to have two people who saw similar things who would verify the same account that you, yeah, we saw that. That's what happened. Um, so in the Gospels, in the four Gospels that we have, here we have two different sets that's why we have four. We have two different sets of witnesses, which is really interesting because the law only required two, but instead God gave us four. There are four different witnesses. Um, one of the things that people like to say all the time about the Gospels is, well, each one is different from another, and so how can I trust the, the validity of it because uh, they don't say the exact same thing? And my my challenge to anyone would be go to a group of people, show them one thing and then ask them all what they saw. And everybody's going to see something different. Because everybody's perception and life experience is different. 
Exactly. And so what we have in the first four chapters of the New Testament is not a um, word for word account witness statement from these four men. It is the witness statement from these four men as the Holy Spirit laid it upon their heart to write it down. Um, and so in one chapter, you might have a small portion of, of a story. In the next chapter, you might have a different version of that story. But the two add up to a complete picture of what happened. Um, so You're saying chapters. Do you mean chapters or do you mean books? Oh, books. Yeah, books of the Bible. Sorry about that. Um, but from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they all had a different perspective on Jesus's life, his ministry. Some tell different miracles he did, and uh, and some you know, they describe his crucifixion. And so it's all coming in different ways. Um, but they all work toward the same goal, that these are verifiable witnesses of what happened um, the day that Christ was crucified. So one of the things I want to read, um, and I've actually got, I had the scripture up and it just disappeared on me. So I'll give me one second. Here we go. So we're going to go to first John chapter one, verse one. It says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes and which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Verse two says for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness. And we have shown unto you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifest unto us. Verse three, that which we have seen and have declared we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with the son, Jesus Christ. So basically in the first three verses of first uh, John one, uh, he's, he's going over, he's saying what we've seen, the things we've seen, the things we've heard and the things that we've touched with our hands, basically. So their testimony and their witness was based upon an actual uh, occurrence. They actually experienced these things in their lives. So I think when it comes down to witnessing to other people, it's always really good to define up front what does that mean? Because I think a lot of people don't understand uh, how do we witness to people. The first thing you have to understand is a witness is somebody who has a verifiable account of something that happened. Right. So a Christian should be able to say, if you're a born again believer, you should be able to tell that to someone how that happened and what came out of that. Right. You don't have to be the greatest theologian in the world. You don't have to know every Bible verse that there is. You don't have to have, you know, I remember when I was a kid, there were preachers who would give you the plan of salvation and they would want you to write in the Bible. And it was like 16 verses long. And I, there was no way I was a kid. I wasn't going to remember a lot of that. Um, but I remember a lot of the highlights and the high points of that. But the more interesting thing is, is that we're sharing here in the scripture. They're saying that the things that we've seen, the things we've heard, the things we've touched, we've shared unto you so that you would join in with us in the father and the, the son, Christ Jesus. So that's kind of what witnessing is. I think everybody gets the idea in their head that it's going in. There's, there's two different kinds of witnessing. Well, I think when, at least growing up, if, if I were to hear my dad say, we're going to go witnessing. I took that to mean they're going door to door, knocking on right. doors, being talking to people. Right, and and th those are the two. There's two different kinds of witnessing, right? So there's going to be two different kinds that every Christian runs into in their life. So the first kind of witnessing would be the kind that you just mentioned, is that you're going to somebody that you do not know, someone that you're probably never going to see again, someone that you have no connection to, and you've got to present them with the it's gospel. Like cold, you know, like telemark like cold calling. Right. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of times, uh, this is, you know, I, I told a story one time of a, a gentleman I knew, um, who was a preacher, went to Texas to knock on doors and, uh, he was in, in Texas and he was in an apartment complex and he, he said he knocked on this family's door and the guy opened the door and he said, hi, I'm here to share the gospel of Jesus with you. And the guy says, good, we've been waiting on you. And he said, excuse me. And he said, yeah, we've been arguing. And I told my wife, we need to find Jesus. And so we decided we had asked God to send somebody by. 
So you got this guy who doesn't know anything about these people, but he's where the Lord wants him to be. And he's basically doing this, this giving of the gospel, very kind of cold sharing. He doesn't really know them. Um, so that would be the first kind of, of gospel sharing. So We'll touch on that real quick. Um, and, and the easy thing there, and it's, and it's kind of hard, but I, I've read a couple things about it. And generally, this doesn't really happen to me that much. I mean, and when it comes to witnessing to people, this is not necessarily the approach that occurs to me that often. Um, and yes, most of the time it's people I don't know, but it's usually their own curiosity that gets them to ask me about what I believe. You're not going out and being focused on going up to people and you being the one to initiate. Right, right. But there is a time for that. Don't get me wrong. There is a very appropriate time for that. I think it's very important. Now, the other side of that is if you are, and here's the thing, if you are a witness, if Christ has done something in your life, if he has saved you from the pits of hell, which you should know that, um, if, if you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and it's been burned on your insides, you should be able to relate that to someone. So when the scripture says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, it doesn't say um, the, the two or three people or only, maybe... Only those people who have right. it doesn't the, say theological degrees or right it doesn't it. say a handful of people from your local congregation or your family it doesn't say um you know joe and jeff it doesn't name people off it just gives us a command to go into the world and preach the gospel and then it says making disciples of one another so we're supposed to be making disciples so now everybody's not going to do that the same way and if you're listening to the podcast i'm not saying you have to go grab your bible run out in the street and, and start thumping people right because um, the world, that's please the, don't do that. That's why they call us Bible thumpers, and and really, honestly, that comes down to if you talk about Jesus, well, then you're a Bible thumper. Um, so, the the first kind of, of witnessing that we're talking about is just the uh, random stranger, right? So, the, you know, the best way to to stop, spark that conversation is probably uh, generally uh, you can check out. Um, Ray Comfort, Living Waters Ministries on YouTube in California, but he sparks that conversation by asking people, he, he challenges them. I'll give you $10 if you can tell me that you're a good person. If you can prove to me you're a good person, I'll give you this $10. And then a person will try and explain it. And then Ray will say, well, have you done these things? Have you, uh, have you lusted after anyone? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen something? And then people say, yeah, I have. And he goes, well, then you're according to the scripture, according to the 10 commandments, you're not a good person. You've broken the law. And so then he goes and leads them and says, so what do you think you need to do? And they, they, they usually say, well, I, I guess I need to get right with God. And so he leads them down that path so that they real, have that self-realization that I'm a sinner in front of God. But they may not even really realize what's going on. Right. And so he, he generally asks, he'll walk up and ask them if they believe in God. You know, he'll spark that conversation by saying, hey, uh, you mind if I ask you a question? You know, do you, do you believe uh, that there's a God, uh, all this creation that we see? Um, and that's a really good way to, if it's, if you're outside with someone and you don't know them and you can look around and you say, man, this is a really nice day. You know, it's hard to believe that anybody would think you could almost see God today, you know, and what's going on and then go down that conversation. Um, the, the biggest thing that's going to help you out if you do that kind of witnessing is if you run across, cause it's easy to run across the person who's going to say, I don't believe in God. Right. Because right? that's a big thing. Atheism that's is an easy thing to say. Right. Atheism is growing in the United States. Right now, it's 15% of the population considers themselves to be atheists. So if you run across somebody and you're trying to witness to them, and they say, well, I don't believe in God. The best tool that we have is the English language. So the best tool you have is the word if. So you you generally would say, and, and you'll be the person, I'm gonna, we'll do this real quick. You say okay. you don't believe in God. Say, hey, have you, uh, you, it's a beautiful day. I can't believe, you know, you believe in uh, that God has created all this? Well, I don't believe in God, so I don't even know it. I don't even agree with what you're saying. Okay, well, I, I get that, but you know, I mean, let's just let's say if, right? Say say if there is a heaven, right? If there is a heaven, do you think that you would go there when you die? 
Well, I don't believe in it, so. But if there is, let's just use that. If there is a heaven, would do you think you would go there? I guess I hope so. Okay, see there. Right there, we're getting to that next step to where we're getting the person to consider, even though they might not want to talk about it, they might not believe in it, you're getting them to kind of consider what you're talking about. and well, that opens if up. there right. were. So if, using the word if is really going to be a, a good key tool to opening the door for the next step. And you have to remember, all we're going to do is present them with the gospel. We're planting a seed. We're not, you know... And, and this is a truth about witnessing, and I'll tell you more times than not, people have not gotten saved after I've ministered or witnessed to them. Um, it's a very, it can be very disappointing if you look at the end goal as a person getting saved right now. Yeah, I a lot of people want instant gratification, right. but with this, it's, it's you're just putting a little... Little seed down there, right? And Christians are we're guilty of that too. We want to win people to the Lord. We want to, you know, we want to show, and we want people to turn their lives around and give it to God. Some people will. Most people probably won't. They're gonna they're gonna go and think about it, and it's gonna linger, and they'll run into someone else down the line who will present them with the same thing, and they'll say, "Yeah, I remember that guy told me about that." You know, I remember that day we had that conversation. So a lot of times, it's not uh, it, you can't look at it as disappointing. The way I look at it is, I got to share the gospel. I get so excited because I got to tell someone about Jesus and it makes a big difference in my life because I know I'm doing what I'm doing, what I want to do for the Lord. And he's using me. He's allowing those people to come across my path. Um, the second kind of witnessing I would call relationship witnessing. It's where you've had time to develop a relationship with someone. You've had time to um, get to, to know them. Right. You you get to know them. You you build some bonds before you really get into it. Um, and you use key words. You have to listen. And the main thing about witnessing is not so much about opening your mouth and yelling at people. It's really listening to people that are what's going on in their lives. Right. So. Everybody has trouble and everybody has problems and everybody has things going on. And it's being able to listen and be sensitive to that and knowing and letting the Lord and the Holy Spirit prompt you when to speak. Um, and that's the main thing. So you're going to get in these kind of deals where you're, you're, it's your family, it's your friends, it's people you work with, it's people you've just met. Maybe you've met them for a while and, um, and you just kind of, you know, you start talking about kids and family. And, um, for me, a lot of times I, I talk about, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting older and, um, gee, you know, and I start talking about the end of life and, and people shy away from that, but people will talk about it. And so you have those opportunities. Um, so that would be the second kind of witnessing would be the relationship kind. One thing you have to understand um, is that the Word of God, um, whether it is, there's a lot of argument about whether um, women should be preachers or who should be spreading the gospel or any of that. doesn't matter. It, it, the gospel is, the Word of God does not return vain. doesn't matter if it comes out of a believer's mouth or a lost person's mouth. Um, there's, the scripture says on that day they'll stand in front of Jesus and they're going to say, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't, do, didn't we do all these wonderful things in your name? And he's, he'll look at them and he's going to say to some people, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you, but they were able to do things in Jesus name because he, his name carries that authority. And the scripture is the same way. It carries that authority. Um, and so, and this goes back to the witnessing and knowing and sharing, right? Um, when I was a kid, there was a Christian school I went to, and, uh, there were a couple young guys there who, who would get up on Wednesdays and they would preach and they would share, you know, they believe they were, they said they were called to preach. And, uh, there was a young guy named Howard there. Well, Howard had said that the Lord had called him to preach, and I remember a couple times he got up on Wednesdays to preach, and probably like three months after he started preaching, Howard got saved. 
And it was, you know, and people were like, well, but he's been preaching this whole time. And, and the one thing you have to understand is you can understand the history of the scriptures and you can understand the facts of the scriptures. But unless you've been born again and saved, there's not a witness testimony to have. But after Howard found salvation, Howard had a witness testimony of how God touched his life. So that's the very important key is, is we understand if you've got a head knowledge of the Bible, fantastic, that's great. But it's the heart and it, it's where we've had this relationship, this experience with God that we've got to bring to other people. Um, this past week, we missed Thursday's podcast. Mm. We did. Um, main reason for that is I was, I'll tell the story. I was in Ohio. I had to go out of town for a job um, for work. And so before I left, um, I had prayed about these trips. I have to go on sometimes. Um, I've done them before and I always pray that God would use that opportunity to meet someone new to share the gospel with, because that's a very important, a big thing in my life. I really want to do that. I, I pray many times, Lord, you send, you send people my way and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Cause that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Cause he wasn't too jazzed about going. No, not at all. No. So, and you know, a week away from your family is, is, uh, for some people, it's great. It, I had a good time. It was fun, but it, you know, uh, but it was going out of town and flying and all that. It's just always a headache. So anyway, we get there and, um, this is the other part of witnessing too. Your life has to reflect what you believe. If your life doesn't reflect what you believe, people are not going to listen to you. Yeah. You can say one thing with your mouth, but if you're doing something else, people are like, mm. Exactly. You can't get up and, and they, be... They will key in on that real quick. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to point that out. Well, I remember that time you did this, that time you did that, the time you said this. Um, so your life has to reflect what you believe before people are going to want to hear you. So I had went on this trip last week and I was out of town and, and these were um, group meetings. There were 20 people there and we were, it's all about business and it's all about finding your purpose in business and what's your purpose in life and, and all these things. So um, the... Lady, on a side note, you're gonna let me read what your purpose. What that's your fine. Purpose is. The facilitator uh, was there, and she was kind of leading us through this the, the program that the company wants you to go through. And um, she asked the question, you know, what is your purpose in life? And I need everybody to write down your purpose, and we're gonna go over what your life purpose is. She said, I'm. Uh, she didn't say how old she was. She just said, I'm older, and I haven't even found my purpose yet. Some people are really good at explaining it, and some people are not. But um, so she asked us to write our purpose down, and this is what I wrote. He sent me this, and it was like chicken scratch at first, so it took me a couple times to read through it. But Sorry. He said, he wrote down, My purpose is to glorify God in all I do and say, to love others as myself and to help those in need, to lift others up, encourage those who struggle, and celebrate with those who achieve. Right. And so and for me, there was a bit of a conflict, right? When she said, write your purpose, because I realize I'm in a business setting and I don't know if I can mention God because it could get me in trouble. You know how businesses are. You never know. Um, but I felt like, no, I, this is my purpose. This is the whole purpose of my being. Um, I struggle a lot of times with, should I be, a, um, should I worry about my career or should I worry about which way my life goes professionally or, you know, no, my purpose is to glorify God in all that I do and say, that's what I want in my life. And I told Natasha too, that is my life's purpose, but it's, it's hard finding a way to make those things happen. Make sure I do those things because we're, we're in the flesh and we fight that. So I had written this out and they went around the room and they were asking people to read theirs. So I read mine and the, and the facilitator lady, she was just like really taken aback because, you know, well, you, you obviously understand your purpose. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get it, you know? So uh, as the week went on, 
we get down to Thursday night. Every night of the week, everybody's going out to eat dinner together. Some people are, and they're all going to different places. Uh, but Thursday, they, they all want to go to the same place. So uh, one of the guys suggests, hey, let's go to this restaurant, which is like two or three doors down from the facility, which is really close. So everybody's like, okay, yeah, let's go. Well, I will say up front, I was not driving. I, I, I was riding with someone else the whole week. They were my chauffeur, so that was nice. Um, but had I been driving, I probably be, probably wouldn't have went to this location. So we go down there and we pull up and everybody gets it. And it's a brewery. And it's it's like got a little restaurant in the back, but it's it's a brewery. This is a you know beer making place. This is a place. place for drinking, right? And it, that's not me at all. Um, but I was there with the guy, and I was like, whatever, we're gonna you know go inside. So we go inside, and everybody immediately heads over to get something to drink at the bar. They all go turn left and go get something to drink. Well, I walk to the back of the place where the restaurant's at, and I get a um, a basket of uh, chicken fingers. And a Diet Coke. So I get my chicken fingers and my Diet Coke, and I walk over, and I lean up against the wall. They're all sit at this one big table, and, you know, I'm just kind of standing over in the corner by myself, kind of off to the side. Um, not for any reason. I'm just not, I'm not around the alcohol thing. I just don't care for beer or whatever. You know, it's just, no, it's not me. Um, so I'm standing over there, and I'm just drink, uh, drinking my Diet Coke and eating my chicken tenders. And there was an Indian lady in the group. And uh, there's a couple people that cleared off the table, and she... She waved at me, and I was like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, give me the come here and sit down sign. So I walk over there, and I sit down. Well, when I sit down, another lady sits down on the left of me. The Indian lady's across the table, and another lady sits down to the left of me. And she's not a Christian either, and I can say you can just tell that from her lifestyle. Basically says I don't believe. Um, and I'm not, I'll leave that there. But anyway, she sits down on the left and the Indian lady is sitting across from me and there's like a, a band off in the back and they're playing music and it starts to kind of get a little bit loud. Well, anyway, the Indian lady asked me why I don't drink alcohol. And she says, is it for, is it for religious or personal reasons? And I said, it's a bit of both, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's two of the same thing. And she said, I don't understand why, why don't you drink? And I said, because I believe we should be of a sober mind. We should have our mind should be clear and we should be ready to go. You never know when something's going to happen. Right. So then she says, um, she says, well, are you a preacher? And I said, well, I, it depends on what you mean. Because she had heard him read his purpose. Yeah, she heard my purpose. And, and so I think it sparked her, her curiosity. And so I said, well, it depends on what you mean. You know, I mean, I have a podcast and I, I've preached before. Yeah, I consider myself to be a preacher. So that's fine. And um, she's like, well, she says, uh, tell me about this Jesus. And I'm like, oh, you know, so here I'm sitting in. Now, hold on. Let's stop for a second and think about where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the middle of a brewery. I'm sitting in a brewery. <laughs> I'm sitting at a table with people who are sitting there chugging back, you know, and getting a little rowdy. Um, there's loud music playing. And this woman has just said to me, tell me about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, hey, you know, that's and can like. I just say, I don't know what it is about my husband, but he attracts this. I'm people out of nowhere, or just out of the left field. Tell me about Jesus. I, I tell me about Jesus. They're like pouring gasoline on a fire. When you, if you say that to me, you better watch out because I'm going to tell you I about Jesus. I don't even Jesus. understand what they're so asking. So I start telling her. I'm telling her, and the, the lady on my left hand side is like leaning in because she's listening, and I'm telling her. And and I told Natasha. I said this is one of the few times I've I've witnessed to people before. I've told them about Jesus before, and I've uh, not stuttered or struggled with it. But um, sometimes you're caught off guard, and you got to get all those thoughts together, and so you kind of. This is the one of the few times. It it was coming out of me 
and it was almost like I'm sitting here listening to myself and it was just coming out and it was coming out in such a succinct way that it was just flowing. It was just flowing out. And the only thing I can liken it to is like where the Bible says those rivers of life, the rivers of joy that come flowing and bubbling out of you, you know? So I'm sitting here and I'm talking to this lady and I'm telling her about Jesus and it's just flowing out. And uh, she's asking questions and she's, you know, she's, she's, well, who, who, who does he say he was? And I said, well, he's the, the living son of God. And she says, um, well, you know, in India, they have lots of different gods. And I said, yes, you, you got three million, right? And she says, yes, yes, we have three million. And I said, well, Jesus says he's the only way to God. He said, nobody comes to the father, but by me. And she said, which one of those people wrote that down? Who says he said that? And I said, Jesus said that. And she said, Jesus said that? I said, yes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And she just looked at me a minute. And so she wanted, and I explained to her, she asked me about being saved. What does that mean? And I explained how we're, you know, I, I looked around and, and waved my hand around the room and said, you see all these people in here? We are all sinners before God and God is holy and just. And we are all guilty before God. And I explained to her that Jesus came and died and washed us in his blood. So now that when God looks at us. He doesn't see our sin and our filth. He sees the righteousness of his son. And so we're made right with God. And now we have the right to be called the children of God. That's what salvation is about. And uh, she just was sitting there staring at me, you know, and, and it was coming out. It just, you know, so she sits back and she just thinks about it for a minute. She doesn't say anything else. And I just kind of was sitting there and, you know, so no, anyway. you got to tell about the cell phones. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so her cell phone anyway, so this is a good point cause it's not coming out of me flowing like that now, <laughs> but anyway, so her cell phone was sitting on the table in front of her and, um, because she was asking about Jesus when I said he was the, the only way to God. And, um, I said, well, look at your cell phone. For example, I said of all the numbers in the world, if I called all the numbers in the world, would I be able to get a hold of you? And she said, no, I only have one number. And I said, yes, that's exactly it. God is the same way. He's only got one son. He's only got one redeemer. And if I want to contact him, I have to go through his son. I could try every other way in the world, but there's only one way to God, you know. And um, so it was It was just, it was probably a short five, six, seven minutes. It was a, an opportunity to witness to somebody. But that was the whole purpose of my week. I mean, honestly, it was great to go and, and, and learn all this new stuff from the, the these wonderful people. It was great to spend time with all these folks. But that whole week that I was there, and I believe in my heart, that whole week I was there was for that seven minutes sitting at those table with those two women. Um, now, you know, we, I'm praying for them. I don't know if that'll, hopefully that'll turn into something down the road. Hopefully that'll manifest something in their life. The Holy Spirit will fall on them and lead them into salvation. But it's the opportunity. It's looking for that opportunity. And honestly, in this instance, I was not really, um, I wasn't pushing the issue. I wasn't trying to, to witness to people directly. I was happy standing in the corner drinking my Diet Coke. But I will say this, just like I said a minute ago, the way you live and the way you behave are going to be influences or indicative of your testimony, right? So if I had not written what my purpose was, what my real purpose was, if I'd written something that I thought a business wanted to hear, that lady might not have ever asked me about the gospel because you have to live it. And sometimes putting our faith out in front of our life is the tough part. We talked about this on uh, Lauren Daigle and the Plumber. It's that whole episode we did about I am a Christian first and everything else second. Everything else comes behind the cross and, and being crucified with Christ. Everything in my life should be secondary to that because if it's not, then I'm not really living for Christ. I'm not really taking up my cross and following him every day. I'm putting myself ahead of... Um, 
the cross and ahead of the gospel, and I don't ever want to do that. So in the, you know, this episode, we just really want to encourage you that look for those opportunities. There's going to be the opportunities with your friends and with your families. You might have the opportunity with someone you've never met. There's always a little inroad into a conversation to talk about the Lord, and you just have to be aware of it, and you have to be prepared and be right and be sober-minded so that when those things happen and those opportunities occur, you can jump right in there and say, I know what salvation is. I know what can save our lives. I know what could change the world. You know, if you want to talk about the president and all the horrible things in the world, the easy thing to say is, I know who can fix it. I know exactly what we need. If this country had more of this, if it had more of Jesus in it, if it had more salvation, if God, if people would accept the word of God was holy and true and just, it would change everything. Those are ways to get into the conversation of how to witness to other people. And it's sometimes in a, the least likely spot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, would I ever go to a brewery? <laughs> I, I think, you know, it reminded me of the scripture where it said Jesus went and sat with the sinners and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everybody, the religious guys were giving them a hard time. Why are you sitting with the sinners? Why are you drinking and eating with the sinners? They're the poor, lowly, wicked people, right? That's because the gospel came to them. Now, am I encouraging you to go to a brewery and witness to everybody there? Nope, probably not. Probably not a good idea. But in this instance, you know, the Lord, he knew what I was going to do before I even got there, which is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, And I don't know why I'm always amazed, but God works in mysterious ways. And this is one of those wonderful opportunities I had to talk with two women and really share the gospel with them. So um, I encourage you, anytime it happens, and if it happens and occurs, I'm probably going to talk about it on the the broadcast because I really want to encourage you to step out of your own um, little box and out of your own life. Get a little uncomfortable. Put yourself out there share what God has done for you be the witness you saw what happened now have a testimony and tell other people what God has done for you and if you do that we can change some people's hearts we can give them a little bit of life and a little bit of hope and we can plant that seed and the Lord can cultivate it and he can pour his rain on it and he can grow something out of it so really take those opportunities Um, we want to Thank you again for listening to the podcast. You can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagrams. Um, a couple social places. You can get our podcast on all kinds of podcast uh, devices. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, I said this last episode and we forgot forgot the name of my own CD. Uh, but you can buy you can buy a CD, Brad Mason, um, Take Some Time. That's the there name of go. it. Look, see? I remembered it this time. Take Some Time. It's on Apple. It's on Amazon. It's all, all music distribution. But we're not here to sell that. But if you want to support us, that's a good way to do it. Um, there are a couple books on Amazon. You can get... Um, when Cedar Falls. When Cedar Falls. It's a uh, Christian fiction book. Um kind of my Frank Peretti-esque writing, and um, The Fire Inside. It's about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So if you're interested in supporting us, that's the best way to do it. We're never going to ask anybody for money. Um, we just praise God that he allows us to do what we do. We want to thank you for listening. Uh, all of our the people listening in Virginia this month has been huge. Thank you, Virginia. Washington State, those people listening in Washington State have been huge this month, and Connecticut. Don't want to leave Connecticut out. Really big numbers Small in the United States. Big. Yeah, big numbers in the United States this month. Really thank you for listening um, to the people around the world who listen we love you we continue to pray that god will bless the persecuted church and that he will make ways for you to glorify jesus in your life we hope to talk to you again on the next episode bye